1: Hey YA is sponsored by Book Riot's Read Harder Journal. Created by Book Riot, this smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of every book you read, and it is a great gift for readers this holiday season. Evenly interspersed among these entry pages are 12 challenges that are inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder initiative, which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up passed over books try out new genres, and choose titles from a wider range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books, get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant, find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press, and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quote, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill the challenge. Get one for yourself or for the readers in your life at bookwrite.com slash journal. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book ride podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, and Eric Smith. We are recording on Thursday, December 5th, 2019.
0: Hello! Hello! Oh my goodness, this is like our, we're like winding down, the year's almost over.
1: Yeah, I believe this is the last episode listeners will get this year from us. Oh, wow. We will record again before the year is over, but I don't think they get that episode until... I almost said September. Like, that would be ridiculous. Uh, January. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Eric, let's start with some exciting news.
0: Yes, I am super excited.
1: Me too. Uh, We're recording a live Hey YA podcast, and our listeners are invited uh, as part of Eric's book tour for... What's that book again?
0: Don't read the comments.
1: Eric and I are doing an event together at the book stall in Winnetka, Illinois, which is right off the L, right off Metro, super easy to get to, on February 25th at 6.30. We'll start with a short like, Q&A back and forth to talk about the book, and then we will record a live episode of Hey YA, and we haven't figured out what we're going to talk about yet, but uh, YA books, I'm pretty sure, will will be covered. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, that tends to be what we
0: talk about the most. So I thought, yeah, talk about YA books, have some playful banter, answer some questions. It'll be fun. And
1: and both of us will be, like, dressed like normal humans instead of however we dress when we podcast. Like, we'll be in chairs (laughs) rather than, like, on beds or on couches. Like, it'll be, it'll be a show.
0: It's true. Ever since I started working out of a co-working studio, uh... I've sort of had to do away with my usual, maybe I'll just wear these pajamas for the third day in a row. <laughs> and, uh, and I wear people clothes. So, uh, oh. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll probably have a band t-shirt on. It's safe. It's a safe bet there'll be some sort of a emo rock band <laughs> being rock there.
1: Oh, that puts pressure on me to figure out what I should do. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Holy cow, Eric, I have been reading, like, I have not been reading in a long time, and I don't know what it is, um, if something just, like, clicked in my mind, but I've read so many great YA books lately, uh, I won't talk about all of them here, cause a number of them I'm gonna... Hit later in the show, but uh, I read the new Amy Spaulding. We used to be friends, and oh,
0: so jealous!
1: It's so good. <laughs> it's about a friendship breakup, and it's told in two different timelines. So, um, James's perspective goes backwards. From the time she's leaving for college to the beginning of her senior year. And Kat goes forward from the beginning of senior year until she gets ready to leave for college. And it looks at all of the things that caused their once super tight friendship to fall apart. And uh, what I especially loved about it is that there's no like big blowout here. This is just about like growing apart and what happens and, and how that feels and what it can look like. And it was awesome. Still has that Amy Spaulding humor in it, but uh, was maybe a bit more emotional than some of her other books have been, which was really awesome to see.
0: Oh my god, I'm so jealous. (laughs) You read the new Amy Spaulding before me. She's our uh, Hey, YA favorite, and like... I feel like we're getting a lot of good breakup books, mm-hmm. uh, friendship yeah. breakup books next year. Um, there's that one. There's Ashley Wood folks, uh, When You Were Everything, which I got to read early. Um, which is like a really gutting friendship breakup novel. Like that one, that one really hurts. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to having our hearts broken in 2020 while, uh, I don't know, thinking about our own friendship <laughs> breakups because, I don't know. There's just something so painful about friendship mm-hmm. breakups. And I'm glad we're getting more stories like that because they can hurt a lot more than even like romantic breakups. You know, someone you've been close with for like a decade. When you're a teenager, that's like half your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. The other uh, book that I wanted to mention that I loved uh, was called Almost American Girl by Robin Ha. And it's a graphic memoir that came to my attention. I don't even remember how it came to my attention, but as soon as I got the arc, it like sat there at the top of the pile. Like as soon as I'm going to start reading 2020 books, this is going to be the first one I read. And it was, um, it's a story of, um, Robin's journey being an immigrant in America when her mom decided to marry this man she met in Alabama. Uh, Robin, being Korean, has a really hard time acclimating to life in Alabama. And when she finally does make a friend at a comic drawing class, her mom decides that it's time for them to move again. And this time, they will be moving to the D.C. suburbs, where she finally gets to enter the school with one of the most diverse classmate she's ever seen and experienced and uh now has to wrestle with what it means to be American as well as what it means to be Korean and um it's one of those books that is perfect for readers who love The New Kid by Jerry Craft or American Born Chinese by Jean Luen Yang um I just loved it the art was beautiful it's going to be full color I saw it in black and white and some of the like sample pages were beautiful and it's just a wonderful story of finding your place when you feel like such an outsider.
0: Oh, that sounds super good.
1: What about you? What have you been reading? Uh, I have nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it has been a busy, busy time at the, uh, at the old a job. So there, there's been no new reads for me. This, uh, this introduction, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Fortunately, Eric, today is all about some of our favorite undersung Titles, so I know yes. I know you've got a list of them. I do. But before we launch into that, our first sponsor today is Regretting You by Colleen Hoover from Amazon Publishing. Morgan never wanted her daughter Clara to follow in her footsteps. Pregnant too young, married too young, Morgan was forced to put her own dreams on hold. Now, for the adventurous Clara, Morgan is just too predictable. She doesn't have a spontaneous bone in her body. With warring personalities and conflicting outfits on life, mother and daughter are finding it increasingly difficult to coexist. And when a heartbreaking tragedy hits close to home and destroys the family at its seams, new secrets, resentment, and misunderstandings drive Morgan and Clara even further apart. Will they ever fall back together? Thank you to Regretting You by Colleen Hoover from Amazon Publishing. Alright, let's talk about our favorite Underrated 2019 YA gems.
0: Hooray!
1: This is like my favorite sort of best of list, if you can call it that, because it's not really a best of list. It's it's a favorites list, which is different.
0: Yeah, big agree. These are the ones that people sort of slept on, and we want to make sure that you, uh, I don't, you don't do that going into the new year.
1: Bingo. Do you want to go first?
0: Sure. So my first one, uh, is one I know I've talked about a bit on here and it's The Light at the Bottom of the World by London Shaw. Um, I really thought this was going to be like a massive breakout book. It's just so wildly imaginative and gorgeous and made for one of my favorite books, uh, of the year, like overall. Uh, so if this was like our, I don't know, it sort of doubles as like, Favorite One of my favorite reads of the year, but also a book that not a lot of people picked up. Uh, so let's fix that. Um, here's a quick blip from the the, the book's page. Um, At the end of the 21st century, life continues 1,000 feet below the ocean's surface. In Great Britain, sea creatures swim among the ruins of Big Ben and the Tower of London, and citizens waver between fear and hope. Meanwhile, 16-year-old Layla McQueen has her own problems to deal with. Her father's been arrested, but Layla knows he's innocent. Uh, when she's picked a race in the action-packed London submersible marathon, Layla gets a chance to secure his freedom. The Prime Minister promises to champion whatever their hearts desires. Uh, the race takes an unexpected turn though, and Layla must venture outside of London to rescue her father herself. If she fails, she risks capture, and her father might be lost forever. Uh, so this is the first book in a the series. There's gonna be another book, uh, I think it comes out next year. But it has just... So many of, like, the YA catnip things that I love so much. I mean, it's uh, dystopian, takes place in the future. Everyone's underwater. There's <laughs> there's street racing, but it's not <laughs> really street racing because it's underwater in the ocean. Uh, there's a submersible race. And just, uh, it's just such a diverse and inclusive cast of characters. Uh, it's just wonderful. So if you missed out on this one, uh please pick this one up. And that's The Light at the Bottom of the World uh, by London Shaw.
1: So, my first pick is one I just read recently and loved. It's 10 Blind Dates by Ashley Elston. And a friend had raved about how good it was, and I was like, okay, it's a romance. Like, I don't tend to pick up YA romances, nothing against them, just like not my usual reading jam. And I'm so glad I picked this one up because my friend said, while romance is important in the book, this is really a story about a family. And this family is amazing. So the story uh, starts when Sophie and her boyfriend break up right before winter break begins. And Sophie's spending that break with her grandparents because her own parents are across the state with her sister who uh, is experiencing a high-risk pregnancy. And her parents want to be with her sister. Um, and she and her sister text throughout the book because um, they have a very tight-knit relationship. So seeing how down Sophie is about the breakup, her super large and super fun Sicilian family decide that they're going to set her up on 10 blind dates over the course of winter break. And each member of the family gets to choose a date, the person that she will be going on the date with, as well as what they're going to be doing. And it is a whole lot of cute and funny and sometimes downright cringy fun. Um, I love this family so much and loved just how deep their love for one another is. Um, Clearly, they have their tips, they have their personalities in the family, but at the end of the day, they all just love and care about one another, and uh, definitely there is romance in this one, and Sophie chooses between a couple of potential partners. This one is perfect for this time of year. It's a holiday-themed read, and um, this one had its rights acquired by Netflix before it even came out, and I can see how this would be the perfect like addition to the... To All the Boys I Loved Before style of of Netflix YA. And I, I hope we see this one. Uh, that is Ten Blind Dates by Ashley Elston.
0: I really love that cover. That cover has like the balloons mm-hmm. on it, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. Uh, all right, I'm going to pick that one up then. Uh, so my next one is uh, Tarnished Are the Stars by Rosie Thor. Um, you know, so when we first launched this podcast, I feel like there were, uh, there were a couple books that were like, Eric talks about this book too much. <laughs> Uh, sort of titles, and one of them was Timekeeper by Tara Sim. Um, but if you give me, like, a little bit of steampunk and mess with genres, like, I'm gonna need that book. It can't be avoided. <laughs> uh, and I feel like Rosie Thor's debut is just one of those kind of genre-mashing books that I love so much because um, it did a lot of what Timekeeper did uh, and just Oh, it just does so much. So uh, there's a girl with like a, a clock in her heart. Um th- that sort of thing is illegal. Magic is illegal. There's assassins, there's spies. Um oh, and Kelly did did you know there's a plague and a what? virus in this one? <laughs> uh so we have magic, we have steampunk, we have a, a girl with a clock heart, we have uh a government that's banning magic everywhere and there's a deadly plague yes. uh sweeping over everybody. Um it really makes for this like wildly imaginative book that's like super inclusive and really, really fun. Um and you're just you're just gonna fall in love with Anna and all of her all of her hijinks uh as she's trying to navigate this very complicated world. I can't recommend this one enough. It was so much fun and I want more people to read it. And that's uh Tarnished Are the Stars by Rosie Thor.
1: My next pick was one I talked about in the What's Up and YA newsletter. If you subscribe to that, uh you've heard me talk about this one, but if not Here we go. It is The Downstairs Girl by Stacey Lee, who is a favorite of Hey, YA. And she writes some of my favorite historical YA and... This title, which came out in August, um, highlights something I never knew about Chinese immigrants in America. It's set in 1890 Atlanta, and Joe, our main character, is super unafraid to speak her mind. She lives with somebody called Old Jin, who is a man who took her in when she was, quote unquote, abandoned by her parents. Um... They live under the house of a local publisher who is completely unaware that they live there. Uh, so when Joe overhears the folks upstairs talking about how agony aunt columns have led to newspaper sales soaring, she decides that she's going to suggest a column anonymously through the pen name Miss Sweetie they run with it. And so Joe begins <laughs> to write these regular columns under the name Miss Sweetie and under complete strict anonymity. Uh, sales for the newspaper are up and so is interest people have in figuring out just who Miss Sweetie is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Throughout the book, we find out more about Joe, about the history of her family, why she lives with old Jin, and there's a lot of family stuff that... um, That comes in, and also this book is fantastic for how it looks at early feminism and how white it was, and how girls and women of color like Joe, who is Chinese American, were shut out and discriminated against in the name of quote-unquote equality. Um, I love this book, and I hope more people pick it up. That is The Downstairs Girl by Stacey Lee.
0: That book, oh my goodness, that book had like a million stars from everywhere you could possibly Mm -hmm. think. (laughs) Um, so it's funny. So my next one is, is a uh, candle in the flame, uh, by Nafisa Azad, but I don't know if this is going to be like an unsung underdog book for much mm. longer because it's now a Morse nominee, which made me very happy. Yes. Um, because you know, I like it when awards. You know call to attention books that maybe haven't been picked up as as much um and this one's about a a war of magic and mythology where Jin are warring on the silk Road, and a young woman gets caught up in the war between them. she lives in a uh her name's Fatima, she lives in a small city that's a thriving stop along the silk road and yeah, <laughs> the old disaster happens when a uh a new king uh is brought to power and uh, the gets caught up in the war once again. Um, yeah, big, imaginative, lush world building sort of book. And I'm just so excited for more people to check this one out. It came out when did this one come out? I feel like it was earlier in the summer.
1: Yeah, or was it like in that mad rush of like a million books that came out in like May sometime, maybe? Oh,
0: yeah, I think that's always one of what came out. So, uh, yeah, maybe some people missed out on it, but hopefully people don't because, yes, award season. Excellent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's uh, The Candle and the Flame.
1: My next pick, I was going to talk about that one. I'll hold on to that one. Oh, do you have that one in here? Which one? (laughs) Are we fighting over a book right now? Maybe. (laughs) Well, what's the book?
0: No, I thought you were going to talk about Candle and the Flame.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm looking at my list going like, what do I want to talk about next? Um, Ah, I'm, I'm talking to myself here. My next pick is The Revolution of Britie Randolph by Brandi Colbert, and at the very beginning of the year, I mentioned on Hey, YA that I try to begin every reading year with a new Brandy Colbert book, and uh, hint, hint to everybody listening, I've yet to receive either of her 2020 books in my mail, and I'm going to be here waiting impatiently so that I keep this tradition going. And And naturally... And interestingly, and also not surprisingly, uh, this tradition seems to also mean her books are among my favorite of the year. So this is a book about a girl named Birdie whose aunt shows up at her family apartment right before the summer begins and everything starts to change. Um, At the same time, Birdie has been secretly dating this boy that uh, she knows her very strict and proper parents wouldn't like. Um, Despite never pushing boundaries before, the two new people in Birdie's life, her aunt and this boy, um... Really encourage her to take some chances and learn some lessons that she never would have on her own. Um, The book takes on topics like alcoholism, anger, anger management, and what it means to break the rules set before you in order to sort of develop your own path. Um, It's a quieter YA book, but I think it's one that's going to resonate so deeply with so many readers, and also that cover is amazing. Brandy creates these beautifully layered stories, there's so much going on, and yet it never once feels overwhelming. It just feels really real. Um, and that is The Revolution of Bertie Randolph by Brandy Colbert.
0: All right, and then I have a couple rapid-fire wrecks, because I've talked about these quite a bit, uh, and so have you, and I just want to just dish them really quick. Um, one is, I hope you get this message by Farah Rishi, which I've talked about uh, probably to death over the course of the fall here, um, who put this song on by Morgan Parker, which I know Kelly mentioned in the last yeah. episode. Yeah. I think. Um, and then Better Than the Best Plan by, hey, YA favorite, Lauren Morrill. Um These are all wildly different books <laughs> from one another, uh, but we've talked about them a lot, and I haven't seen them get as much buzz as I think they should. Uh, so check those three out.
1: If you're going to do rapid fire, I guess I should do rapid fire too. <laughs> Mine will be a little bit longer than Rapid Fire, I guess. The one that I skipped down is one I also talked about in the What's Up and Why newsletter, and that's The Grief Keeper by Alexandra Villasante, and it's a book about immigrants and um, specifically about these two sisters who are seeking asylum, and after the interview goes not that great, they decide to run and they meet a woman who has a proposal for them where they become test subjects for the U.S. government on this scientific experience that they are, um, hoping will help change the way that people experience really tough emotions. But um, it isn't quite what it seems. And even though there's this alluring idea of freedom there's so much more wrapped up in this little gem um and there's also a queer romance in this one for readers who love that stuff um and it's it's a really different book and one that while speculative fiction feels really like it could be going on right now that it could be real um that's the grief keeper by alexander villasante and then a couple other like rapid fire ones the exact opposite of okay by laura Stephen. um I hate the cover of this book and I feel like the cover does tremendous disservice to it um, because this is a book that is fabulous. It's a really funny read about a girl who loves sex and finds herself in the midst of a really big sex scandal at her school, which blows into national coverage. It's... The kind of book that sounds like it shouldn't be funny, but it is. Um, Izzy, the main character, has a really great voice. And the story, which is written as a blog, reminded me a lot of um, Georgia Nicholson, for readers who love that series. Uh, Izzy's a little bit more of an older, more mature Georgia Nicholson. And that is uh, the exact opposite of okay. And then my last recommendation is uh, The Stars and the Blackness Between Them by Junata Patras. And if you got this book in your Book of the Month Club for September and you haven't picked it up yet, get on it. Uh, I've been screaming about this book for months, and here's your reminder that you need to read it. Uh, It's a sophic romance between two black girls who are trying to navigate what it means to be black in America. Mabel, one of the main characters, has always lived in Minneapolis, but Audra, the other main character, is new. She has been sent to live in Minneapolis with her father uh, from her home in Trinidad after her mother catches her... Being physical with another girl and together Mabel and Audra have to navigate high school and Mabel's potentially terminal illness uh, as they fall in love with one another. Uh, It's just it's beautiful the writing is just lush and we see so few so few sapphic romances between two black girls and this book is just Awesome. Uh, that is The Stars and the Blackness Between Them by Junata Patris.
0: Oh, that's the book of the I still have that sitting on my shelf. I haven't gotten into it Eric, yet. Eric, uh, fix yourself. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's there. Um, and also, you should look at the UK cover for the exact opposite of OK. Yeah. It's like this big, like, vibrant so tons and tons of colors. It's so yeah. much better. I don't
1: understand. They made the cover for the US one look like it's this, like, dark, like secret filled book and it's not it's it's the cover gives a totally incorrect feel of the tone of the book Hmm. yeah it's a bummer now
0: now i'm gonna check that one out okay so our next sponsor uh book riots read harder 2020 challenge Book Riot's annual challenge is back! Once again, Read Harder 2020 has 24 tasks designed to help you break out of your reading bubble and expand your worldview through books. With new genres, new authors, and new points of view, the challenge will hopefully help you discover amazing books you wouldn't have otherwise picked up. Read historical fiction that's not about World War II, a retelling or classic fairy tale, horror from indie presses, and more in this year's challenge. Go to bookriot.com slash readharder to get the full challenge task list and to check out the prize. For those who compete the challenge.
1: I was thinking we should do an episode sometime next year and offer up some YA recs for the uh, tasks that are there. There are a couple there are a couple YA specific tasks, but like you and I could easily knock out like great YA historical fiction that's not about World War II. You know. Mm, I'm putting that in our little bucket of ideas. So
0: I am into that.
1: Yeah, and if readers didn't know we have a bucket, we put all our ideas into, like a literal bucket. (laughs) what's our next topic
0: our winter tbrs Mm. oh i am so excited about this uh so my agency is closing up shop in the middle of december uh which means i am just going to spend as much time possible reading 2020 books um there's a there's actually a hammock in my fancy little co-working space like we're a hip California startup so I'm gonna live in that for several days with my stack of books I'm so hyped what about you
1: I get the last week off of the year so between Christmas and New Year's we um, we close down on editorial side uh, and ad ops and we get get the week off so i will be doing much the same uh a lot of reading and since i started like i finally broke the seal and decided that i would start reading 2020 books and i've been so pleased so far with what i've read yes yeah and I'll, I'll start with the one that I'm reading right now, I'm about halfway through it, and that is Love Boat Taipei by Abigail Hing Wen, and uh, it's a fun one. So it's a story about a girl named Ever who has uh, really strict parents, and her parents have this list of rules that uh, she must follow to please them. They are Chinese-American, she's Chinese-American, and um, they want her to go pre-med when she goes to college, but... She wants to be a dancer. And so she's at odds with her parents about what her future will look like, and what it is she most desires. So uh, they drop this big bomb on her, and she's being sent to Taipei, Taiwan for a Chinese immersion program. I think it's like six or eight weeks. Like, surprise, you're going to Taiwan uh, to learn Chinese. Like, you're being, you know, uprooted. She's never traveled like that before. And she's super unhappy and nervous until she gets there and realizes that it is essentially a giant party um and she has the opportunity to have freedom she has never had before and she takes it upon herself to try and break every single rule that she has had to live under so uh lots of boys lots of doing wild things she goes for like this fancy photo shoot she goes to a club for the first time and it's it's just fun um and that is love boat taipei by abigail hing win
0: Oh, that sounds so, so good. Uh, what do I have? So, first up on my list is, uh, Ruthless Gods by Emily Duncan. Um, I've had an arc of this one for a while. It's the sequel to Wicked Saints, which I loved. Um, but I've been saving it. Duncan writes these, like, really big books that feel like you could, like, wound somebody with one <laughs> if you threw it from a distance. I don't want to read the description because I feel like it might re- ruin the book for you. Um, so here's just the, the quick premise of Wicked Saints. Um, in a century, it's a long war where beauty and brutality meet. Uh, three paths intertwine in a shadowy world of spilled blood and mysterious saints where forbidden romance threatens to tip the scales between dark and light. Um, the basic premise of the book, I mean, it's, it's kind of like Joan of Arc meets like Lee Bardugo books. Um, and I'm just so excited to have time to myself to actually read the sequel. Uh, it's giant, but I know it's going to be worth it. And this one comes out in April.
1: I should have mentioned uh, Love Boat Taipei comes out, I believe, the first week of January. Um oh, nice. so you don't have to wait too long for that one. My next pick is a YA nonfiction book, and that is The Rise and Fall of Charles Lindbergh by Candace Fleming, and I have a really funny story to share about this first. Um so I got a copy of this months ago, and there is a handwritten note inside from Ooh. from the author, and it was this personal letter about about a conversation we had had and how that really helped inspire her to write this book and it went on and on and on and I was like I've never met her (laughs) I think she got me confused with somebody else um I mean I loved reading the backstory of this of course but I was like unless (laughs) this happened and I don't remember it at all but I don't think it did um (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's so funny.
1: Yeah, I was like, well, there's probably other Kellys that she's talked with, or other people whose last name is Jensen that she's talked to. And But anyway, so I have a copy of it, and I am looking forward to reading it. Um, all the reviews for it have been great. And so this is a little blip about it. Um, obviously, it's about Charles Lindbergh, but... Um, you know, let's let's give the official word on this. So the first human to cross the Atlantic via airplane, one of the first American media sensations, Nazi sympathizer and anti Semite, Loner, whose baby was kidnapped and murdered. Champion of eugenics, the science of improving a human population by controlled breeding. Tireless environmentalist. Charles Lindbergh was all the above and more. Here's a rich, multifaceted, utterly spellbinding biography about an American hero who is deeply flawed. In this time where values Lindbergh held, like white nationalism and America First, are once again on the rise... The Rise and Fall of Charles Lindbergh is essential reading for teens and history fanatics alike. I have read uh, previous books by Candace Fleming. She wrote one on P.T. Barnum, I believe, and it was Ooh. excellent. She she does such a good job of giving you what their legacy was, but also, like, what else was going on in their lives that's worth kind of keeping in your mind.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. I just watched... Um, the greatest showman mm. with my toddler, cause he likes, he likes musicals and likes the yeah. music. Uh, and I love that, I love that movie and I listen to the soundtrack, but every time I have it on, I think, oh man, he's actually a garbage yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting. <laughs> yep.
1: This song comes out in January. I think it's near the end of January. And that is The Rise and Fall of Charles Lindbergh by Candace Fleming.
0: Oh, that sounds so interesting. Let's see. What is next on my list? Uh, the Gravity of Us by Phil Stamper. Um, This is another one where I've had the ARC for a while. I, I did an event with Phil, got it signed, and it's just sitting there, but... I wanted to wait for a quiet snow day, which is inevitably coming, where I can inhale it all in one sitting. This one comes out in February. Um, as a successful social media journalist with half a million followers, 17-year-old Cal is used to sharing his life online. When his pilot father is selected for a highly publicized NASA mission to Mars, Cal and his family relocate from Brooklyn to Houston and are thrust into a media circus. Amidst the chaos, Cal meets sensitive and mysterious Leon, another Astro Kid, and finds himself falling head over heels. Fast. As frenzy around the mission grows, so does their connection. When secrets about the program are uncovered, Cal must find a way to reveal the truth without hurting the people who become the most important to him. I can't wait for this. I love the idea that Phil, who, like, I feel like himself is sometimes a social media journalist <laughs> some of the stuff he does online, uh, writing a story about a social media journalist teen. Like, it's... It's so perfect. And, and a YA about the space race. Like, yes, please. This one comes out in February, and I can't wait. <laughs>
1: Didn't he uncover the fake New York Times bestseller scandal? Like, wasn't that his whole...
0: Yeah, yeah. the whole Lenny mm-hmm. uh thing. It was him and someone else. Yeah. And,
1: uh... It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to read that book. My next pick is Dancing at the Pity Party by Tyler Feeder, and chances are... Uh, many of our listeners are familiar with Tyler's art, even if um, you don't necessarily connect her name with it. She did some work for my first anthology, Here We Are too, and I'm really excited to see her first graphic memoir this spring. Um, it's sitting at the top of my TBR, and here's the little, the little blip on it. Uh, from before her mother's first oncology appointment, through the stages of her cancer to the funeral, sitting Shiva, and afterward... When she must try to make sense of her life as a motherless daughter, Tyler Feeder tells her story in this graphic novel that is full of piercing, but also often funny, details. She shares the important post-death-first, such as celebrating holidays without her mother, the utter despair of cleaning out her mom's closet... Ending old traditions and starting new ones. And the string of having this, quote, I've got to tell my mother about this, end quote, instinct and not being able to act on it. This memoir, bracingly candid and sweetly humorous, is for anyone struggling with loss who just wants somebody to get it. I can't wait to read this book. And that is Dancing at the Pity Party by Tyler Feeder.
0: Nice. That sounds great. I know. Oh my goodness. Too many good books coming out next year. Uh, my next one is Red Hood by mm. Alana K. Arnold. Um, I remember when this book was like first announced mm-hmm. and like we flipped out over the pitch. <laughs> uh, and now we actually have the book. Um, so this one comes out in February. Uh, I'm gonna read the quick blip about it. You are alone in the woods, seen only by the unblinking yellow moon. Your hands are empty. You are nearly naked. And the wolf is angry. Uh, since her grandmother became her caretaker when she was four years old, BC has lived a quiet life in a little house in Seattle. She's kept mostly to herself. She's been good. Uh, but then comes the night of homecoming and she finds herself running for her life over roots in between trees, a furry, a fury of claws and teeth behind her. A wolf attacks. She fights back, a new moon rises, and with it, questions. About the blood in her past and on her hands as she stumbles home. About broken boys and vicious wolves. About girls lost in the woods, frightened but not alone. A werewolf story, I cannot yes, wait. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, and This one comes out, I
1: think, in the springtime?
0: I, mm-hmm. I didn't write that one down, but I'm <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs>
1: My next pick is more squealing than like actual content. Um, Not that I'm a squealer, but I'm going to be. Um, And it is We unleash the Merciless Storm by Taylor K. Mia. And I finally have my hands on the copy of the sequel. Oh, till we start. Mix. We set the dark on fire and I cannot wait. Anybody who has been listening to this show knows that I read the first book and loved it and got so mad when I discovered that it was the first in a duology and not a standalone. <laughs> oh uh, dare. I know. Oh, I know. So, that said, I've got the sequel in hand and I'm in for a good time. And that is We Unleash the Merciless Storm by Taylor K. Miha, and I believe it comes out in February. Excellent.
0: All right. My next one is Spell Hacker by M.K. England. Uh, I love the disaster so much. I'm really excited <laughs> to read this one. Um, and it's also a bit closer than some of the others. I think this one publishes in January. Um, I've also been playing this video game called The Outer Worlds lately that feels like it was like written by MK England. It's like super bizarre sci-fi magic, etc. uh video game. Um I feel like there's like a video games and YA pairing podcast that mm. I will have to do myself yeah. at some point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, unless like I can think of YA books that go with uh Candy Crush and Escapes <laughs> and Niko Itsume and Two Dots, like.
0: <laughs> we can figure it out. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, Spell Hacker. Um, in Kikara, magic, known as Maz was once a freely available natural resource. Then an earthquake released a magical plague, Kelly, Ooh. killing thousands and opening the door for a greedy corporation to make Maz a commodity that's tightly controlled and, of course, outrageously expensive. Uh, which is why Diz and her three best friends run a highly lucrative, highly illegal Maz siphoning gig on the side. Their next job is supposed to be their last heist ever. When their plan turns up a powerful new strain of Maz that literally blows up in their faces, they're driven to unravel a conspiracy at the center of the spell plague and possibly save the world. No pressure. Uh, yeah, this one comes out in January, so illegal magic, a plague that's killing people, a government-controlling magic, like, ugh, it... It sounds like another video game and I just love that MK England is writing these books that feel like, that feel like the video games I played as a kid and also play now because I am still <laughs> a grown child. <laughs>
1: My last pick for my winter TBR is How to Build a Heart by Maria Padian. And I love Padian's Contemporary YA and cannot wait to read the story, which is about family, both that's made and that's found. And interestingly, this is the second book coming out in 2020 that I know of offhand deals with habitat for humanity in some capacity. And, Ooh. um, it's really interesting because I remember having a conversation with somebody about this uh, recently that there aren't a whole lot of books that, that have this um, organization as part of like teen volunteer service. Um, and here's two. The second one is We Used to Be Friends by Amy Spaulding. So uh, the description of this book, all 16-year-old Izzy Crawford, interesting that's the second Izzy I've talked about today. Sorry. I'm going to start again because I was like <laughs> so distracted by that. Um, all 16 year old Izzy Crawford wants is to feel like she really belongs somewhere. Her father, who's a Marine, died in Iraq six years ago, and Izzy's moved to a new town nearly every year since. Far from the help of her extended family in North Carolina and in Puerto Rico. So when Izzy's hardworking mom moves their small family to Virginia, all her dreams start clicking into place. She likes her new school, even if Izzy is careful to keep her scholarship student status hidden from her well-to-do classmates and her new athletic and popular boyfriend, and best of all, Izzy's family has been selected by Habitat for Humanity to build and move into a brand new house. Izzy is this close to the community and permanence she's been searching for until all the secret pieces of her life begin to collide. How to Build a Heart is the story of Izzy's journey to find her place in the world and her discovery that choices we make and the people we love ultimately define us and bring us home. It sounds so good. That is How to Build a Heart by Maria Pattian.
0: Alright. Habitat for Humanity books. Okay. Um, and my next one is, uh, one that I know you're also psyched to read, and that's Be Not Far From Me by Mindy McGinnis. I know I brought this up on the last episode, and I've already started nipping away at it, but this is definitely at the top of my winter TBR. Uh, and I want a chance to yell about it again. Uh, this one comes out in March. Um, and it is a Mindy McGinnis, uh, survival novel? Yes! <laughs> Uh, teens go out, they're partying, they're having a good time, they're out in the woods. Uh, girl gets really jealous when she sees her boyfriend out with another girl, falls into a ravine, wakes up the next morning, and is alone in the wilderness with infection creeping up her leg. Um, as Minnie McGinnis, like, that's it. Comes out in March, I want, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> well, I've
1: already started. I keep looking at it every time we go to get a new book, and I was like, I really want to read it now. I really want- No, put it off, <laughs> Kelly, put it off, like... Save it, save it, so you can savor it.
0: I'd also say I'd also say the book *Scavenge the Stars* by Tara Sim would be on my winter TBR. If <laughs> maybe someone listening wants to send me one. I'm just floating that out to the universe <laughs> in case a publicist hears this.
1: Eric, do you want to float out into the universe that you want Jennifer Dugan's next book after *Hot Dog Girl*?
0: Oh goodness, yes, please. Uh, what it's
1: something comic. Verona um, Comics. I believe Verona
0: Comics. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's. Are we just putting our wish list on here? Like, that's my favorite thing about this show <laughs> is that. And, and I feel like listeners relate. There are books that they just want so bad, yeah. and you know, we have to wait too. Sometimes <laughs> we whine about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any more that you wanted to add, or was that?
0: No, that's my that's my list. What about you?
1: Yeah, no, that's my list, too. I feel like it's it's doable. Um, I'm almost done with my audies listening. I think I've got um, five more books, and my selections are due in a week, which mm-hmm. seems ridiculous, but they're all under eight hours, so I'll be able to get through them pretty quickly. Um, also a ridiculous comment to make, but one you make when you've been listening to 18-hour-long books, you're like, eight hours awesome. One day read. Um, anyway, so as soon as that's done, I'm so excited to talk about YA audiobooks and also YA books period. Cause that's all I'm going to read after this. Um, that was a really long explanation to say, thank you all for tuning in this week. If you have any feedback about the show, you could leave it on Apple podcasts that lets. us other people know how we're doing, and it helps other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Instagram as hey Kelly Jensen, And you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as ericsmithrocks. <laughs> we'll talk to you again in two weeks.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.